This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the Seattle Mariners Baseball Podcast. I mean, stop, Seager! Toss on up the first in time to get seven. Three run homer. Robinson can off the lefty specialist Fernando Abad, and the Mariners lead it five to four. Goodbye baseball. Straight away center field. Cano and Cruz go back to back. And the King, when the Mariners needed him the most, two hits over seven scoreless innings. Now here's your host Gary Hill. Time once again for the Seattle Mariners Baseball Podcast. Thanks for being here once again. Tough three-game series against the Houston Astros. Houston, they've won seven in a row. Mariners in each and every one of the games, but swept aside. And now the Mariners up against it. A huge, a massive three-game series coming up against the Angels this weekend. We'll talk more about that and preview that coming up in the podcast tomorrow. But now the Mariners, two games below 500, 69 and 71, lost three in a row. Now three and a half games back of Minnesota for the second wild card. And it's not necessarily the games when you do the math. Yeah, three and a half, uh, that's, you know, that's not a ton of games. That can be overcome in a pretty short amount of time. It's the teams they have to hop over to get there. Tampa Bay, Kansas City, Texas, Baltimore, and the Angels, which is why this weekend is so huge. The Mariners will take on the Angels for three games. And I guess what stings the most about uh, these last three games over Houston is we talk so much about the Astros and their offense. I mean, you look at the numbers. They're leading the majors in just about every category, whether it's batting average or slugging percentage on base percentage runs scored I mean just go down the list they're just crushing the ball all year and they just get Carlos Correa back as well who missed 40 plus games and you get great starting pitching in all three games I mean starting starts you would definitely take in all three but then the bad draw too of having to face uh, McCullers and Verlander and Keuchel in back-to-back games. And Mariners saw firsthand why the Astros have the best record in the American League. Uh, a great team playing great baseball right now. Cameron Maven, who they just picked up, hit two massive home runs, one in each of the last two games. A tied ball game yesterday going into the ninth inning, but they couldn't hold it. Mariners trailed 2-0, but Andrew Moore, I mean, this is a start you would absolutely take against Houston. Yeah, okay, definitely. That was uh, my longest outing in a while, so those last two innings were kind of tough had to fight and you know really slow down the pace a little bit but um you know z called a great game we had a good game plan going in um you know we knew it was an extremely aggressive team especially on fastballs but like i said before that's my strength and uh, i knew i was going to go after him and challenge him and uh, had a good aggressive mindset with it and was able to elevate and um, that worked the changeup worked well off that so uh, yeah overall I was, I was happy with how i threw it having not gone deep for a while i mean what did you expect when you kind of push that far. Yeah, yeah, especially after that first, I think it was 20-something pitches. Um, 
you know, especially there were some high high stress pitches in there too, uh, facing you know really good hitters with runners in scoring position. But um, I think it did a better job of slowing the game down today, um, taking some deep breaths, not trying to you know increase the pace. Um, Z did a good job controlling that as well. So uh, I think that was key in uh, kind of conserving some energy and having more in the tank there in the fifth and sixth. Andrew, what did, what did, how many did you throw? Like how many pitches did you throw lately in your recent outings to give you an idea? Uh, I threw in relief on the 31st through two innings. Then before that, I think I had three or four starts of four innings, and that was kind of all they were having, having us go down there um, in Tacoma. Six innings of three hit ball, two runs, two walks, three punch outs. An excellent start, and Kyle Seeger checking in again with another long ball. Here's the pitch. Swing and a fly ball. Straight away center field and deep. Springer going back to the track to the wall. Goodbye baseball. Kyle Seeger with his 22nd home run of the season. The first hit off of Lance McCullers tonight puts the Mariners on the board. It's 2-1 Houston, and how about Kyle Seeger? Home runs now in his last three games. His bat heating up. And then the Mariners in the sixth inning, they'd put two runs on the board. Robinson Cano coming through. First pitch, line drive, left field, base hit. Segura trots home. We got a new ball game. It's 2-2. Robbie Cano with an RBI is 85th. They didn't wait around. Slapped it into left field on a two-seamer running away from him. Nice work. And Mitch Hanniger as well. He had two hits in the ball game. Come set the pitch to Hanniger. Swung on and sent up the middle base hit. Here comes Nelly. Lumbering around third. Getting the wave on. Here's the throw from Springer. It's at the plate. Nelly's in there safely. The Mariners have a 3-2 lead. Going to third is Seager. Mitch Hanniger coming up with an RBI. is 25th. And the Mariners lead for the first time tonight. But it was Maben breaking the tie in the ninth inning with a two-run home run. Houston wins 5-3 in game three of the series. In game two, it was another close ball game. The Mariners uh, dropped game two of the series to the Astros 3-1. to As Justin Verlander was very good in that one, it was a Cameron Maben home run that time in the seventh inning, making the difference. And then game one in the series, Mariners falling to Dallas Keuchel in Houston. Another game that was close throughout, 6-2 uh, to two as Houston scored four runs in the seventh to break the tie. So Houston getting runs late in each and every game to sweep aside the M's in the three-game series. Here's Scott Service. Our starting pitching, uh, really the, the three games you know, against Yasser did an outstanding job. I thought Andrew Moore tonight was, got more than what we uh, maybe have anticipated uh, we, we could. You know, getting six innings out of him tonight and very efficient. Uh, that was one of his probably best outings since when he first came to the big leagues uh, this year. So um, really encouraging, um, you know, happy for him. He's kind of working on a few things. And, um, you know, six innings out of him was great. I thought we... Uh, we hung in there. We battled, you know, down early, um, getting some big hits, you know, to take the lead. You know, just for whatever reason, the seventh inning was our Achilles heel in this series. You know, it got us. Um, you know, they put some good at-bats together. Uh, we weren't able to finish guys off, and, you know, they took the took the lead there. You know, we well, they tied it up, and then, you know, obviously the, the home run late. Um, I actually thought Eddie's stuff was okay. They were on it, you know. Um, Beltran with the, the double down the line, and, and Maven goes the other way off the foul pole. Um, you know, I didn't think Eddie threw the ball bad. He got you know, some fastballs, Brian, some locations he'd like to have different. But, uh, you know, a uh, different, disappointing series. Uh, no doubt I thought we were right in every game. Uh, just didn't get big hits late, and that's what it takes to beat the good teams. It's timely hitting. 
Um, I did think our starting pitching was, was plenty good enough. It was very competitive, kept us right in the games. We just didn't get the big hits late. Maybe it's not a guy you expect to beat you with a long ball necessarily. He did it twice. <laughs> you know, uh, he's, he's really made some, some good adjustments over the last couple of years in his swing, trying to stay inside some balls. And, you know, certainly that's what he did there. Everybody knows that he's got a great arm. And, you know, uh, you know the Astros had a good approach against him tonight. Yeah, we got the right guys out there. You know, they're the guys that we have. They have carried us all year. Uh, you know, Zepp has been just lights out until the last couple of hiccups, uh, and Vincent has been as good as they come. Uh, and I thought they, you know, Vinny threw the ball well tonight. He tied up uh, Springer for the soft single in the center. But you know, when you're putting them in that spot. There's no, there's no wiggle room. And uh, you know, it's a tough spot to put those guys in. But they are our guys, and we had the right guys out there tonight. Just you know, you know, the Astros were a little bit better. Oh yeah, yeah. There's, there's plenty of baseball at the play. Obviously, the, the series coming in. The Angels are ahead of us in the standings in the wild card. They're playing very good baseball. You know, we need to get it back. We need to get it going offensively. You know, that's the thing. And you know, I, I do have to credit Houston. You know, they they pitch very well in this series. You know, the three starters they run at us. You know, they're they're top of the, the echelon in the league. Uh, they're having good seasons. Um, you know, we didn't get a ton going against them, but we were in the games, and that's what's frustrating is we're right in the games, just didn't get, you know, something to get us over the hump late. It's got probably has nothing to do with how it came out, but Eddie dealing with, I mean, he's got family in Puerto Rico. I mean, a tough situation. Oh, there's a lot going on. Yeah. You know, I think I, I counted today. We have uh, 10 players on our team from Florida or ties, and then that's not counting, you know, the, the Puerto Rican guys or Dominican players we have that are affected by some of the stuff. But, you know, it's, I think, uh, you know, we've seen what Houston's gone through. It, it, it's part of it, you know. Well, these guys are human beings. They have families. Uh, but, you know, when they come to work, uh, it's, it's put, the, put the uni on, put the hat on, go out and do your job, and then, you know, deal with the other stuff afterward. But, you know, certainly guys are talking about it, and there's concern. So the Mariners off today. They'll look for some help here today on an off day. They'll look to Baltimore, where the Yankees in Baltimore will clash Gray against Gosman. Mariners at this point hoping for a Baltimore loss there. Uh, not a ton of action today that uh, will be involved with the Mariners in the wildcard chase. Twins will be at Kansas City. Someone will get tagged with a loss. Somebody will win there. Gibson against Gavilio, former Mariner, making the start for the Kansas City Royals there. Right now, Minnesota holding the second wild card by half a game. Those are the only teams playing with implications to the wild card chase. Angels had the wild card for a moment. Minnesota passed them yesterday again, but Angels just a half game out. And again, Angels off today. Series starts on Friday. And we will break down that coming up in the podcast tomorrow. Shannon Dreyer here at Safeco Field, where before tonight's game, Robinson Cano will be honored on the field for his nomination for the Roberto Clemente Award. The award is given annually to the player who best represents the game of baseball through extraordinary character, community involvement, philanthropy, and positive contributions both on and off the field. It is the second straight year Cano has been nominated. It's been a lot. I mean... Being nominated without a war, we don't know what kind of a person he was. And, uh, and in off the field, I mean, for me, it's not only what you um, done or what kind of number I put on, but being nominated to this, such a big name like Clemente Award, I mean, it's, you know, as a player and as a person, you got to take part of yourself in a humbling way. I mean, you know, you do stuff off the field that um, it's, it's not with that um, intention to be nominated, but something you do, you know, as a person coming from your heart and be able to be nominated, that's humbling. Through his RC22 Foundation, Cano has been able to benefit charities both in the U.S. and Dominican Republic. 
giving back remains important to him. Get a chance to be able to um, play at this level and uh, be able to um, make what I make and uh, you know be able to help others coming you know out of the poor country. Be able to um, join up with kids that uh, they didn't have anything and uh, so then that uh, that's what I meant when I was a kid. I mean you know growing up having everything and. Uh, See, you know, they don't have it. It's something that, um, you know, I was, I've always been in my heart. I would love to help. In 2015, Cano built a school in his hometown and hopes to be able to build more. If we had done through the past, I just thought that we had done is something that um, it didn't really help others. I mean, we get a lot of feedback from people that, you know, appreciate. And uh, the way that we've been doing now with the school, that's something that um, see the parents and uh, family come over and, you know, appreciate and uh, say good things about the school. That's something that, uh, you know, I get excited every time I go there and be able to, um, the way everything being handled, the way everything's going, and, uh, you know, hopefully continue to die and the school keep growing. The nomination comes up at an unfortunately timely moment with the hurricanes in Texas, the Caribbean, and most likely Florida. For Cano, it was important to donate to relief efforts in Houston. I was in a hurricane, I think it was in 98. Yeah, 98, yeah. And uh, I see how bad that thing is, and uh, something that, um, like I would say, I love to help people in the uh, state of Texas. This is a time where they really need us. We all go there. We'll play there. We'll make our money because we get to play there. I mean, why not, why not give back when they really need us right now? And I think we all, all major leaguers should donate, and... Uh, you hope the state of Texas, because, I mean, right now it's Texas. What about if it's the same in other states? I mean, we got to help each other. I mean, no matter, I mean, they're all fans of baseball. They love baseball there. And, I mean, they got two teams. And I would say every major league children even help these people in Texas. Aaron Goldsmith with Ken Rosenthal. Ken, this final push this final month of September around the American League is shaping up to be a crazy one. There might even be a play-in game for a wild card. This has been ridiculous how mediocre the wild card race has been and almost everyone is in it what have you made so far of this wild card push the final month of the year what's amazing aaron is that i can't get excited about any of the teams <laughs> they're all so flawed and we played this game on mlb network the other day and mark DeRosa was asking all right which team are you invested in i said invested <laughs> he meant emotionally invested and i said initially it was the royals I just felt their pedigree, the fact that they're experienced and kind of on the last hurrah mode would carry the day for them, but they have not played well. So you look around and you wonder who is going to grab those wild cards. The Yankees actually could fall out of it the way they're playing. The Twins have been a fun story. Their pitching is not great. And I can look at every one of these teams and expose a serious flaw. Seattle, starting pitching. We all know that. So... I'm not sure who's going to win. It is kind of the world that Bud Selig wanted, even though it's the world of the mediocre. So is this good for baseball then? It's good in the sense that more fan bases are involved and invested, to use right. D-Rose word, in <laughs> a playoff push. And we do have a number of really good teams in both leagues. So I don't think it's a case of the sport being watered down or in a bad spot or anything like that. It's just one of these years where it's like this. And frankly, from the standpoint of fan interest in September, it's better this way than to have the playoff matchups all set already. 
The August 31st deadline was in some ways more exciting than the July 31st deadline. The Mariners getting Mike Leake from the Cardinals, making his debut Friday night, pitching very well, uh, more than just a quality start against the Oakland A's. You look at other teams within the division, the Angels, for example, two huge pieces in Phillips and Upton, the Astros getting Maven off of waivers, and, of course, the biggest name, Justin Verlander. What have you made of, of those three teams in particular and what they're doing? We know that the Astros are in a, a little bit of a different position than the Angels and the Mariners. You're right. It is interesting that it was three AL West teams for whatever reason. And yes, they're all in different positions. But August 31st generally has been a time when teams are just looking to balance out their rosters, maybe find a utility guy or a reliever, someone that can help them down the stretch and maybe in the playoffs if they make it because it's the deadline for setting postseason rosters. This was an impactful August 31st, and we've seen it before. The big Dodgers trade with Adrian right. Gonzalez a few years ago was one of them. But I don't recall an August 31st where there were that many things going on of serious consequence. Cameron Maven was another one yeah. between the Angels and Astros. So I don't know exactly what to make of it. The Angels saw an opportunity. Remember, they were sellers on July 31st. Yeah. They sold David Hernandez to the Diamondbacks. But they're in a position now where they've got a shot. Justin Upton's an interesting play for them because even if he doesn't opt out, he'll simply take Josh Hamilton's salary slot for the next four years. That's okay with them. So here we are. We have all these teams. The Mariners desperately needed a starting pitcher, not just for this year, but beyond. All the moves made a lot of sense, including Verlander, of course, which made the most sense. It was a move that a lot of people thought on July 15th the Astros should have done. Ken, it's always a pleasure. Thanks so much for the time. Thanks, Aaron. We were thinking about the literal passing of Babe Ruth, the death of Babe Ruth, and how it shocked the nation and how it affected sports writers, and certainly one Hall of Fame sports writer. When Ruth passed away in 1948, Grantland Rice in the New York Sun on August the 17th, 1948, wrote this tribute to the Babe, kind of an ode, and I'd like to read it to you because it's very poignant. It goes... Game called by darkness, let the curtain fall. No more remembering thunder sweeps the field. No more the ancient echoes hear the call to one who wore so well both sword and shield. The big guys left us with the night to face, and there's no one who can take his place. Game called, and silence settles on the plain. Where is the crash of ash against the spear? Where is the mighty music, the refrain that once brought joy to every waiting ear? The big guys left us lonely in the dark, forever waiting for the flaming spark. Game called. What more is there to say? How dull and drab the field looks to the eye for one who ruled it in a golden day, has waved his cap to bid us all goodbye. The big guy's gone. By land or sea or foam, may the great umpire call him safe at home. So wrote Grantland Rice, August the 17th, 1948, on the passing of the Bambino. See you later! Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better 
because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 